What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. So, as y'all, as any, most of y'all listened last week, it was episode 100. Um, so I do appreciate all the love I got for that. It was a milestone. I was glad I was able to celebrate. But today is episode 101, and you know we're moving on to the next 100. And I got a very special guest. We haven't chopped it up in a while. He's been a former guest on the podcast, but I will bring him in right after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. We up in, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames. Once again, welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. As promised, I said I was going to have a special guest. It's been a while, and it's only right. You know, I haven't really talked NBA much. I talked with um, Chris LeBron once, but I really haven't been as much into the NBA as I usually am. But I will be today because I got my special guest, Chris Bolton, in the building. Chris, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's good with it, bro? What's up, Mo? Man, you know, you know, like we talked before the show, man, everything is everything, you know. Um, but I'm glad to have you back on, bro. So, like I said, this is probably the second time since the, this is this is the second time since the NBA started that I'm actually talking NBA on the podcast. I've been so really invested in football um, this year more than any mm-hmm. other year. But at the same time, sometimes uh, the Heat ain't gave you much to talk about. We keep it that, real either. That's part of the problem, and <laughs> you know, I have my I start to have my old man gripes about the players sitting out so many games. I mean, bro, we're not even. We're just not getting into two months into the season. It's not even that yeah. injuries. Injuries are injuries. It happens. But people are just voluntarily sitting out like six, seven games already. And I'm like, bro, we're not even to Christmas yet. And we're low managing. So it's just we one lose. of those key matchups. And it's like, well, is so-and-so playing? No, he's not playing. Is so-and-so sit? I mean, so that goes right into it. Your Warriors have been one of the teams to do that. Sat, Steph. Boy, Steph, we be racing everybody off the back-to-back. Bro, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, all not playing. Let, hey, let Jordan Poole cook and see what he could do. So we're going to talk about the Warriors. But the Warriors have been struggling. Yes. They've been struggling. And really, they've been struggling on the road. I mean, if you took mm-hmm. their home record, they're what, 12 and 2 at home? They're 12 and best. 2 at home, and then uh, 2 and 13 on the road. They're the best, like, at home, they're still the best team in the league. But mm-hmm. on the road, bro, they can't buy. A win. And Steph is having an MVP season. Like, really, his numbers-wise, he's having an MVP season. Steph will be the front-runner if the Warriors look like the team from last year. So, mm-hmm. you know you a big Warriors fan. What yeah. do you see? Like, why why are they struggling so much, especially on the road? Man, I, it's crazy. Um, it's some of the ways we've lost these road games have been wild, too. Like, that Jazz loss. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Poole getting ripped at the end, and they get the little two-on-one fast break for the bucket. That was tough. That was tough. But this team, I think what they just 
I guess they just kind of really feed off that home crowd. Like they feel at home. You know, you just loose. You just play like yourself when you at the crib and it shows on and how they play. Then you hit the road and it's just that's what really kind of tests you. And you really need the young guys to step up. The young guys have been struggling. Um, some of the moves we made to replace others aren't working out. Jermichael mm-hmm. Green, he's supposed to be in that auto Porter spot. He's been struggling. Like he really hasn't been an asset for the Warriors all season. Um, you miss GP two. Nobody's been able to come in and replace what he gave the team last year. So you're trying to replace pieces with younger guys. And it's tough for some of these younger guys too, because in normal circumstances, they're given a more expanded role to mm-hmm. kind of fill themselves out, become the player that they are, they were drafted to be. But then you're also playing with guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, who's been a proven all-star in the past, Draymond Green and, you know, his reputation and the player that he's been all these years. So it's kind of tough for some of these younger guys to fill in and, and, and get theirs too and become the player they want to become. So it's just a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces that Coach Kerr has been trying to juggle with and make it all pull the strings and have it all come together. And it just isn't happening on the road right now. Yeah, and it's one of those for me. So I feel like the Warriors have to pick a direction um, because they're, like, stuck in the middle. Like, we got all this young talent. Our future looks bright. But then at the same time, like, Steph is having an MVP-like season, and it could go to waste. Like, and I'm not saying – I'm basically saying they need to pick is are we building for the future and trying to win or are we just going to go all in and maximizing whatever time we have left with Steph, Clay, Draymond and basically Wiggins cuz I think Wiggins is now a part of that mm-hmm. core. They paid him mm-hmm. um he's uh he's a new Iggy. Yeah, it in a really a better Iggy, you know, because you got you got Wiggins at a younger age than you got Andre Iguodala. So mm-hmm. I would say like they they got to decide, but if you were the Warriors you're sitting down at the table and you're like, what direction do we need to oh, go? And we got to I know what direction we need to go. <laughs> you think they should make a trade? Man, I feel like they should have got rid of Draymond before the season. After Personally. the before or after the incident. Well, I was already looking at it before the incident, just because when you watch that finals run, that finals last year, he was cooked. He looked yeah. physically, athletically cooked on the court against the young Celtics. And he had that one game where he really mustered up what's left of his game and was solid. But, nah, he's he's not the athletic player that he used to be like in 2016. And we know he can't shoot. He He's a smart basketball mind. But I feel like as the season continues and you get into the playoffs, teams will really be able to scheme against that. And it will be the Warriors playing four against five when it comes to trying to get offense when you have Draymond. So I feel like Draymond should be gone. I think Clay Thompson is trying to prove himself to the world that I'm still Clay, but it's okay, Clay. You you, you don't have to be who you used to be. We understand that. You don't you don't have to prove that to us that you still are because you're not. And yeah. that, and it's okay. Come to terms with that. So he he be pressing it, forcing it a lot for every You'll get three or four uh, bad clay games, and then he'll give you a 25-piece or a 30-piece. But the next game, he's going to give you 11 and be like two for 12. You know what I'm saying? Like he's So I low-key think they need to try to 
have those guys either accept their roles, like have Clay accept that he isn't the Clay he used to be, and then you can keep him. But if he continues to play like this, I would be looking to try to figure out a way to get him out of Golden State. And I don't think I don't think that front office will do that. That's going to take a lot of, you know, what I'm saying, uh, uh, you got to really. Like that's gonna take a lot of nuts to do that. Yeah, you gonna have to drop them. You gonna have to drop them for that, and because you know how the fan base will accept it. But I think we've reached a point where those kind of moves have to be made, especially when we have Steph playing awesome. You see Jonathan Kaminga; he's ascending. He's been playing well the last week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So let him do more. You know, less Jermichael Green, more Jonathan Kaminga. I still really like Moses Moody, and I think he. If you give him the chance to play a little more and take some clay minutes down, scale him down, he can come into his own and start that transition. But until they really be like, okay, Kaminga, you got it. I don't think, I think we're going to continue to have this little game going back and forth where they look great for two or three games. Then they hit the road and stink it up. At some point you're going to be like, we got to be like, yo, you are what you are. Like we want to believe the Warriors got it, but. Like we're two months into the season. Like you, this is this is how you guys have been. Why would I think you're going to change? Yeah, and it's one of those like, they're it's almost unbelievable where they're at right now. I mean, they just lose it to the Pacers, dropped them under five hundred. Um, were they fourteen and fifteen right now? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're under five hundred coming off a finals win. Like you just won a championship. <laughs> like it's not like you went to the finals and had a lucky run. Like, you know, Dallas went to the Western Conference Finals and then they're struggling, but like we could foresee that like, you know, Phoenix mm-hmm. had went to the finals and then as good as they are, they still don't look like that same team. Like it almost looks mm-hmm. flukish um a little bit. And I think you've seen that with Dallas. Like you're not surprised that Dallas is where they're at. But with the Warriors, we're like they just they've always messed and jailed together. But at the same time, age is always a factor. And here's the, the problem is people see Clay. Clay's what, 33? If I'm not mistaken, he's 33. I think so. I think so. so. People feel like that's not old in today's NBA. It's not as old because guys like Chris Paul and LeBron James have have played well. Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've, they've been squabbling with Father Time and still yeah, winning that and, fight. And, and, <laughs> look, and you see it like Chris Paul starting to lose the fight. Um mm-hmm. With his Even great, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's starting to lose it with injuries. Um, He can't consistently, like, you know, the other night he had, what, almost 40. He had, like, 34. Looked great, but at the same time, like, is he going to – he's not going to be able to necessarily follow that up with the next uh with the next game. He's mm-hmm. not going to be able to follow up that performance, which is fine. Like, you're in year 20, but with the Warriors is, like, you, you have to sit Steph down, to be honest. Like, I think Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, um, and Steph need to sit down and be like, you know – you are the face of this franchise. And Clay's Which, actually 32, coming on 33 uh, in February. So. But injuries, though, yeah. makes him a little bit older. I mean, you you come mm-hmm. out, he's an ACL. That that beats up your bones and beats up your muscles uh, real bad, especially yeah. because coming in recovery, you're, you're trying to strengthen one side of your body, so the other side is doing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And Clay looks older. Like, he looks like he's Steph age. And he, um, and he never was the most athletic guy to start with. So you get two major injuries like that. It just zaps all of your athleticism. Yeah, and it takes any of that away. And, like, he's not the same defender he once was. Um, he can't even really – he's a great shooter, but it's not consistent like it used to be. So 
I'm looking at the Warriors, and I think they just need to have a sit down with Steph and be like, listen, you are the guy. You're the superstar. How do you want to finish your career here? And if it's like, man, I want to rock with the band of brothers and whatever we can, whatever magic we can make happen, cool. But I'm content with what we've done up to this point because they're mm-hmm. going to compete. They're still going to be good. I don't care if they're the sixth seed. Nobody want to see the Warriors in the playoffs in the seven-game mm-hmm. series. I don't mm-hmm. care if they make it in the play-in. Like that, if that's a play-in team, you're still scared. If I'm the one seed and they're a play-in team and they come in as the eighth seed, like I'm like, well, I just got screwed for being the best <laughs> team in the Western Conference. So I'm not like all out on the Warriors come playoff time, but I can see Steph being like, look, I love these guys. I love playing with these guys. I love competing with these guys. And I want to end it. You know, I want to go out on the on the blades of glory with these guys and whatever comes mm-hmm. with it, like, this is who I started with. This is who I want to finish with. And I'd be okay with that because they're still competing. It's not like they're just laying down and losing by 30 every night and something needs to change and Steph's still playing great. So it's not like he's like, yeah, I've just kind of laid everything out on the table and I'm done. Um, but I think you do need to have that conversation. If he's like this, I want to finish with the guys I started with, then you just make it work. Um, and try and figure out the kinks and how you can make it better. But speaking of struggles, right? Like we talked about the Warriors. So we got to talk about my team. Uh, oh, boy. Miami Heat. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say they suck. All right. The, yeah. the Miami Heat suck. Um, and I know this is a team where last year at a point early on in the season, they looked like, you know, they had went to the finals in the bubble and then they had got swept, you mm-hmm. know, year prior so even last year early in the season we were a little concerned with the heat but then they finished what the they were the one seat last year one or two seat uh last year yeah, they it, were up there yeah so you you figure like okay they'll get it right um they'll, they'll get it going but right now i'm looking at the heat and i'm like jimmy butler's been in and out of the lineup um and i've seen that coming for the simple fact he's put the he's been backpacking the heat since he's been there <laughs> Uh, they don't make any moves in the offseason. No moves. Like They lose players. They lose P.J. Tucker, which I see P.J. Tucker in Philly, and I'm like, okay, we lost a guy who's playing basketball for cardio at this point, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, but they make no moves, and it's like they pay Tyler Hero, which I'm good with. Like I- I'm okay with paying Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. You pay him or you lose him. Um, but you basically rode this season on impro- the improvement of Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, and you're not seeing it consistently. I mean, just last night, Tyler Hero went crazy. I think he dropped 35 against OKC, and he has those games where it's like if he's on, he's on, but you can't get it a consistent effort. And basically, for us to have success, we went all in on basically Jimmy Butler being a top 10 player, Bam Mm -hmm. Adebayo uh, returning to all-star form, and Tyler Hero at at the very least being a borderline all-star. You know, he's sixth man of the year last year. He was really good. Mm Mm-hmm in his role, but you basically were like, Bam's going to be an all-star again. We're going to have two all-stars, Jimmy and Bam, and then we're going to have a borderline all-star in Tyler Hero. And that's just not happening. That's just not what it is. Kyle Lowry, he'll make me eat my words for two two games in a row and then be like, Mo, you wanted Damn. Kyle Lowry out, look at him. And then next thing you know, like for the next three to four games, he looks cooked. And I'm he like, he, y'all keep trying to fall in love with Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I tell y'all, like, I told y'all when we signed them, I didn't like the move, and I, I liked it for the first year, and that was it. And mm-hmm. then like two games, they oh, Mo, look, look, look. Look at Kyle Lowry. What would you say about Kyle Lowry? I'd be like, just watch. Just wait. It's going to fall into place. <laughs> in my hat, I'm correct, and it's going to fall into place. So, and, and you look at the roster, and it's like, 
Bro, they can't make no moves. Like, what moves can they really make? No flexibility. Loaded in draft capital. Mm-hmm. The players, people look at Heat players and like a Max Struess. He don't really, he has a lot of value for Miami. I don't think he has a lot of value around the league. Because the Heat have that type of roster where they can, mm-hmm. in that type of culture, where they maximize your potential no matter who you are. But it doesn't, it doesn't translate everywhere else. I've seen plenty mm-hmm. of Heat players be really good in Miami. Leave Miami because they they became a little more valuable and want a little more money. Left Miami and they ain't, they just not that good. Shout like, out to Tyler Johnson. Not that good. Yeah, like <laughs> it was important for the Heat. Like he was balling. Like you know, Hassan Whiteside was really good in Miami, and I mean, we gave him the bag, let him go, and I mean, he's what a backup center now. Is is he? Yeah, even in yeah. I would say yeah. I'm, I don't know where Whiteside is. I don't. You don't hear anything yeah, about I don't him. Like, kept up much with kept up with him much but when you see the heat like what the hell is the problem with Miami bruh like you said no they made no moves and the the entire NBA has gotten better like the league has true parity now so that was bold that's a bold strategy when you're just rolling out the same squad while all the other 29 teams in the NBA are improving and, and doing something to get better so um like you say, it was just you kind of set yourself up for failure when you're depending on hero to make a, a crazy leap, you know, to make another big leap. When you're mm-hmm. um, depending on Bam to make another leap, and you're depending on Jimmy to still be like top ten NBA Jimmy, that's that's tough. Jimmy, Jimmy up there too. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like thirty four. He's like thirty three, thirty four. He's he's older. You know what I'm saying? Like thirty four years old. You ain't trying to do that every night. You probably can't do that every night. Like, there's a special breed of players, and it's like a short list. And as good as Jimmy Butler has been when it matters, on every stage where it matters, Jimmy Butler's been great, essentially. So people Mm -hmm. expect that every night, and he can't do that every night. Like, you're even seeing it like, oh, because Steph can do it. Well, they're like the same age. They're not built the same. They don't have the same talent, so it's mm-hmm. different. Like, Steph's mm-hmm. game isn't based on athleticism. It isn't based on his defensive prowess. Right. Guarding the best player, and he's a shooter, and as long as he doesn't lose his touch, there's a spot for him on the court. Mm-hmm. With Jimmy, and Steph has more help. Like, Steph isn't backpacking mm-hmm. the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins will give you solid minutes. Clay will have those few games. Jordan Poole can take the ball in his hands. When you look at Jimmy Butler, and you're like, if he has an off night, who really can we look at consistently? Because there's and, nobody consistently. And you look at how Jimmy scores. Jimmy gets grimy buckets. You know what I'm saying? It ain't easy with Jimmy. He 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 taking a, a two two hard dribbles to the rack, putting the shoulder in. You get a little separation, mm-hmm. and then hitting the shot. Or he's going all the way to the rack, getting fouled. So he's filling his buckets. Steph, on the other hand, though, he's coming off a down screen, three pointer. You know what I'm saying? Like he he ain't getting beat up. Yeah, it's effortless with Steph where and I've always said that. I've said with Jimmy Butler, as good as he as great as he is, as great as he can be, as good as he is, he works too damn hard for his buckets for you to look at him. If we had a player just as good as Jimmy, because I think mm-hmm. he could be borderline your best player. When he was your best player, he took the Lakers to six in the bubble and he took the Celtics to game seven. Uh, in the Easter Conference Finals. So to mm-hmm. think that you can't at least get to a championship with him being your best player, but he needs that complimentary guy. And a guy I've always campaigned is a Paul George-like 
guy. And there's not a whole bunch of Paul George light guys, but when it seemed like he would have been available, I was like, hey, let's go get Paul George. Like, but then you look and you don't have a move. Like, I mean, bro, there, there's rumors, and I'm not saying they're legit Knicks fans and don't mm-hmm. don't kill me. But like they're like, oh, could the Heat pursue after Julius Randle? Could the Heat pursue? Bro, we want Jay Crowder. Like, we're in for you know, you bring Jay, bringing Jay back. <laughs> like, we're, we're thinking about bringing Jay back. Bohan Bogdanovich, who bought as good as he is, that's not what we're missing. But we don't have any asset. We don't have enough assets or capital to get what we're really missing, and that's the second guy to be mm-hmm. able to compliment Jimmy. So I think when I. I think just with the heat, bro, you're kind of stuck. Like you're just in no man's land and you got to hope it gets turned around within the roster. But at you the need some more athleticism too. This, yeah. this team needs some more athleticism, a little, some, yeah. some more athletes. They need some defense. They need some, they need a lot, but there's, it's not going to take a lot of like, you can get some defensive shooting from one or two players and be like perfectly okay. So I'm just looking at the heat and I'm like, man, I, you're in no man's land because like, you're not going to trade Tyler hero. You're not going to trade bam out of bio. You're probably not going to trade Jimmy unless Jimmy wants out, which I could see that. Like I want to compete somewhere else. I think my time Mm -hmm. in Miami is done, which is cool. But then you're kind of like resetting um, where the team is at as far as in the overall landscape of the NBA. So I don't really know. They're just in no man's land right now. Yeah. And you're not going to get a big haul for Jimmy. Cause like we said, he's 34 years old. Yeah, you know you'll so. probably get some picks and like a player or two. Um, it depends on like if he wanted out, it depends on where he wanted to go. There would be plenty of teams that would take Jimmy Butler right now, um, to go on a championship run, essentially. But I don't think I think that list is very short as far as who could afford to do it and not give up too much and who would actually want to do it with his age and taking on that contract. So yeah, the heater in no man's land. So we've talked a lot about struggling. Our teams are struggling. <laughs> Brighter conversation. The MVP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the MVP. Obviously, we have so much season left, but we have to talk MVP because there's been so many great players playing great. I think mm-hmm. the MVP race is very tight right now. I think there's a few players. There's one player getting all the love. There's a few players not getting enough love. Mm-hmm. The MVP. What, what's your MVP race look like right now? Shoot, my MVP. I'm giving it to uh, Jason Tatum. See, Me personally, everybody giving it to Tatum. I know everybody's giving it to Tatum, but I I had Steph up there. Um, I mean, Jokic is still Jokic. He's still doing his thing. The the, the advanced stats that Jokic has, he's always up there. Um, Giannis is having a good year. I wouldn't say it's MVP Giannis because he hasn't been as efficient as he normally is. But granted, K Mid has been out. So he's he's yeah. been having to play a little differently. Um, but man, Tatum, Tatum, he's been him. He's been him this year, bro. Like there's just a, the the two way play, his how he's playing on offense. Um, he's going hard to the rack. Uh, it's really it seemed like that team and he to himself took that finals loss personally. Like mm-hmm. really went to the crib. Watched the games, saw his mistakes, and he came into this season hungry. And uh, th- just the other night against the Lakers, um, it- it's just little things I was watching. When the game got tight and they really needed a bucket, 
he went to his go-to moves and didn't didn't settle for no crazy hard sidestep three ball on the wing like he would have maybe last season. He got in the got on the block lo- a little bit, like the elbowish kind of area, about 18 away from the rim. Started to back down, put a couple moves, fade away, turn around, jumper, look like Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like he really went to his move, went to his go-to move that he knows he can get a good shot with. Mm-hmm. And got the bucket when the Celtics needed a bucket. And to me, the stats are one thing, but it's little stuff like that when your team is trying to clutch out a win and you make those kind of plays. That's what separates you and makes you an MVP in my eyes. Yeah, knowing your knowing your game and go and going to it at the the moment your team needs it. Yeah, and I give first off, I give the Celtics a lot of credit. We know all that offseason stuff. Um, that they had happened, so they got a new coach. Well, I won't say new coach, but they they uh boosted up Joe yeah, Joe Mazzula. Um, their their assistant coach. So, I there there's a lot of reason for why Tatum does deserve MVP. Like if I I would probably assume if they was to give out the award right now, he would win it. But I feel like there's a guy not getting enough love in the MVP conversation, and you know, you mentioned Jokic, and you mentioned Giannis, and you mentioned obviously Tatum. Um, people are mentioning Donovan Mitchell a lot with what he's doing in Cleveland, but I feel like nobody's giving Kevin Durant his, mm. his due as far as everything he's had to endure, right? Like he mm-hmm. asked out, um, it didn't happen. KD could have been like, I'm just not playing. Instead, he's like, bro, I hoop. Like at the end of the day, I wanted out, figured out the problems and I hoop all the stuff going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, has kind of overshadowed the fact that the Nets are a good team. I would say the Nets have been playing solid. Like, that's why nobody's talking about them. They ain't don't have no drama right now. There's no drama. Like, they're so focused <laughs> on what Kyrie Irving was doing. They're so focused on when Ben, ben Simmons looked like he's in shambles. Um, and he's so, been playing solid as well. Yeah, but Kevin Durant averages 30 points, basically seven rebounds, and basically six assists. I think it's like 6.7 rebounds, 5.8 mm-hmm. assists. So, rounded up 37 and six. And he's just, bro, he does it at all levels on the offensive end. He's playing better defensively. And it's not that he's ever been a bad defender, but I felt like age was starting to catch up to him as far as how much he could do on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. They're winning games and nobody's talking about him because winning games has overshadowed all the drama. And I just feel like Kevin Durant don't get enough love. And I know the media has a love-hate relationship with him. Yeah, he's not the darling anymore. Yeah, he does just like he does with them. You know, if you talk negative about Kevin Durant, he will address it. But, like, bro, the man is play- – he's got the numbers match being in the MVP conversation. He's winning. They're fourth in the East. And everything that they've had to endure as a team, whether they brought it on themselves or whatever, like, they could have just folded. And it looked early on like, man, the Nets are just going to fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to blow it up, get KD up out of there, like, you know, get him to ch- – we don't want to see a guy like KD not be able to compete for a championship. You know, all the talk of Kyrie might go to the Lakers. He's not returning. They're not extending. You know, Ben Simmons is canned goods. Like, (laughs) everything. Like, that's that's been the conversation. And then they start winning. And, like, bro, you don't hear nothing about the Nets. Like, nothing. That's why I know. Because who wants to talk about good hoops? Everybody wants to talk about drama. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But it's, like, in all this, like, the, the mainstream, you're missing great basketball right now like that man Kevin Durant is playing out of his mind he's still what a top three player on any given night he's the best player in the league period I think he's top three every night essentially 
Mm-hmm. There's only one or two guys where he might get on the court and he may not be the best player on the court. And one of them is probably Jason Tatum at this point. I think Jason Tatum is ascending to like, he's entering that true superstar. Like he's about to enter his prime. He's mm-hmm. about to play this way for the next 10 years. Be a great, you know, get maybe get a couple championships, kind of the Kevin Durant route, essentially. Like yeah. we've seen how good he was. He was really good early, had some pretty good success early, no championships, but had all the success. Like it looks like Tatum is taking the Kevin Durant route as far as on the court. Like mm-hmm. remember what OKC went to the finals early, uh, lost to the Miami Heat. Never really went back, got close, you know, went to the Western Conference Finals. And so it looks like that's the route Jason Tatum's going. And they're very similar in style. I know Tatum, like, gets the Kobe comparisons a lot, but he's very similar to Kevin Durant as well. I know he's 6'8", not 6'10", but it's still, like, you see a lot of KD in his game. And I just see, like, the career path as far as on the court seems very Kevin Durant-like. Only difference is I think Jason Tatum will be able to do it in Boston. Um, Let me see. Um, Katie came into the league in 07 and won MVP 2014. Yeah. And so uh, Tatum came in the league 2017. Yeah. So it'd be earlier. It would like, be like a, a season earlier, maybe 2023. Yeah. yeah. One or two seasons earlier. But yeah, no, it's, it's very, it is true. It's a similar ascension, though, you know, for Katie getting the MVP, like his year seven point, I think. And so yeah. I think this is year six. Is this year six for? It's five or six. It, it might Let be. Let me check real quick. Five or six. It's hard to keep up with what year these guys are in because you just, especially when a guy like Tatum. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, this is year six. Yeah. crazy. I remember when they came in the league. He's already year six. Finals his rookie year. Like, (laughs) toe-to-toe with LeBron James. Yeah, I was a punched on LeBron. He tried tried to put him in a coffin again. I don't know if you saw that. The other night, didn't he? The other night, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I seen that. But it's like, as as – it's just I, I get a little not upset because I'm not like a KD fan. Like I'm a fan mm-hmm. of his game, but I'm not like oh KD's one of my favorite players, so I'm gonna make sure my favorite player gets some love. But like, bro, Kevin Durant is just he's literally like a silent assassin now. Like he's murdering everybody's play that's put mm-hmm. in front of him, and nobody's talking about it. And, and it's and it's year fifteen, I think. Yeah, and he's but, had multiple injuries. Like he's been coming he off came off an Achilles. Yeah. <sighs> And he's still like, you know, once he, well, I remember when his Achilles went out and we're like, man, KD may never return back to the KD we once knew. He's still going to be a really good player, but I don't know if KD will be great because a guy mm-hmm. like him tears his Achilles and it's like, man, that he might take a step back. Ain't his fault. Ain't a knock on Kevin Durant if he would have. Nah, I'm still one of the top three players in the league. Don't forget it. Um, and I feel like it's to a point with his love hate relationship with the media. He should be kind of pitching like, hey, man, y'all y'all talking all these MVPs. I don't hear my name. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to boost yourself. The media already going to talk about you anyway. Like, bring some light to what the Nets are doing because they're they're playing, like, I won't say great basketball, but they're playing really good basketball. They're playing good hoops. They are and playing good Durant hoops. It's playing great. And it's just like nobody's talking about it. So, like, a dark horse MVP for you, like, if he continues where he's at and he's not one, two, or three on the ladder, who would it be for you? My dark horse is Zion. If uh, if the Pelicans, because ain't like you said, speaking and not talking about anybody, Pelicans sitting right there at top of the West. But you know, ain't nobody talking about the Pelicans. No, they're not. Nobody's talking about the Pelicans. And we knew Zion coming into his draft was a generational talent. 
he's already had an all NBA type of season before his second year when he was healthy for most of the season and the stats he put up that season. If they continue to play well, he continues to to play big time. There is a world where we can be looking at Zion with like 28, 11, and, and 6, putting up those kind of stats, and he might be a, a possibility of being an MVP. So I'm going to keep my eyes on him with how the Pelicans are playing. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like, if Zion continues to play the way he plays and the Pelicans are first, you know, because a team that's first atop of their conference, like, usually their best player going to get some MVP love. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to be in the conversation. Um, Kind of what happened with Phoenix before. Like, nobody felt like Devin Booker was an MVP, but they're talking about him being a candidate for MVP because he's the best player, essentially, um, on the best, on the best team. team. Yeah. My dark horse would be Donovan Mitchell. Um, bro, mm. Cleveland's really he's good. He's been hooping this year, too. Bro, he's been going crazy. And like <laughs> I got him in fantasy, so I'm hip. <laughs> he's been going crazy. Um, Donovan Mitchell's been playing really good. He almost seems like the piece that Cleveland was missing. And I'm not saying I don't know if they win a championship this year. I think I said this before the season. I think they're they're built right now to be really good, like really, really good in the regular season. And maybe win a playoff series, maybe two. Like if you told me they get to the Easter Conference uh, Finals, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think they're championship ready yet. I think that nucleus of him, Mobley, Garland, uh, and Jared Allen need a year, and then they'll come in strong next year. Kind of like with the Pelicans, like mm-hmm. I think they'll come in strong next year. But there's a there's a way where I start to see like some of these older teams, like the Clippers and the Lakers and and the Nets. Um, when guys with the Warriors, when all those star players in that middle of the season, in that January to March time frame, those guys fall off a little bit and they mm-hmm. get a little, they start mentally preparing for like, as long as we get into the playoffs, I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. And that young teams and young guys like Donovan Mitchell, who's now like, he's pretty much in his prime, but that's where the young teams make a surge and start going on like eight, nine game win streaks, lose Look one. at Boston last year. Yeah. And so that January to March is where those older superstars are like, okay, they they take the foot off the gas and then resurge back like mid-March and start getting prepared for the playoffs. But that's why I see Cleveland could make a surge, start winning a whole bunch of games at the uh, at the expense of Donovan Mitchell being the best player on that team. And he, he could put himself in the MVP conversation. Um, he I already won early, early on, obviously, mm-hmm. but early. Like, I mean, they were – they had some injuries too. That's kind yeah, of taking him out having, there. They were having conversation of MVP after the first week of the season. I'm like, bro, these guys <laughs> can we just games. watch basketball? Yeah, like these dudes have played like two games in this first week, and we already have an MVP conversation off a of back to back thirty points. He was playing great, and you're like, oh my god! Like if Cleveland could keep this up, they're, they're, the possibilities are endless. But like MVP talk in the first week of the season is just that's crazy to me. Like you could preseason, you could talk about who you think will win the MVP. Mm-hmm overreacting to who my MVP is after the first two games. But yeah, I do think Donovan Mitchell um, is a dark horse for me. So before we close out just real quick, one or two, like there's a lot of trade buzz. Um, 88% of the NBA players <laughs> are eligible to be traded now that, that December as of today, because you know, everybody who signed a new contract can't typically be traded until December 15th. So 88% of the NBA players are available to be traded trade buzz from here until February until the all-star break um, is going to be the hot topic. Any trades that you want to see or that have interested you that are 
a possibility? Um, you know, a little bit. I, I've been interested a little bit to see maybe what Mike Conley could do if he's traded. Maybe it's like the Lakers. I've seen that trade put out there. Um, because I think he's more of a a piece that will fill that will go into the Lakers team and like you know, um, be able to play well with those guys. An easy transition. Um, the Lakers have been playing kind of well though with how they've been staggering Russ. Russ has been playing good ball. I don't think that's been talked about enough. So it's not like you just have to trade him. But I would like to see that that Mike Conley move happen because Pat Bev has been disappointing. Um, he hasn't really provided anything. So the Lakers could use that that jolt of somebody who can shoot as well. And we know Mike Conley, he can hit the three ball. So uh, that's a move that, that kind of interests me. Um, and I'm curious to see, too, what my Warriors do. I don't know what's the trade, but a trade has to be made. There's Something a lot has to be done. Do, though. That's what's crazy is if anybody had the best package, I mean, it's what, the Warriors, essentially? Like, the Warriors probably have the mm-hmm. best package with players that have already shown. I think the Knicks have a pretty good package because they have a bunch of picks. Uh, I think the Jazz have a good package because they have a bunch of picks. The Knicks better not move those picks. The Knicks just need to let this happen organically. And I know they don't want to, but that's that team is mid. And they try to make some moves. <laughs> they try to make some moves thinking they some somebody like that they a real contender. They're gonna end up real disappointed. Yeah, they mid as hell, but like <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get us killed over here talking about like, <laughs> they have a they could the Warriors could top any package the Knicks could get send because they have a bunch of picks, but I don't think they have the players where like, I think there's a lot of intrigue with Kaminga and Moody and not everybody around the NBA is still out on Wiseman. Yeah. You can still get some pull for Wiseman. Yeah. You could trade Andrew Wiggins. So I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying you could trade Andrew Wiggins if it was for the right player. I mean, I would Mm -hmm. imagine if let's just say a reunion with Kevin Durant was wanted by both parties I would imagine Andrew Wiggins would have to be gone in that if I'm the Nets. Like, I want mm-hmm. Wiggins. I'm not – I want Wiggins, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, two first-round picks, and I give you, you know, like, KD and Joe Harris. Oh, like, yeah. but – Can I keep a first-round pick? We got to yeah, yeah, give that up. If I'm the Nets, like, I, hey, they, KD ain't coming cheap now. Like, if y'all want to <laughs> union and y'all think y'all finna win championships at our expense, he ain't coming cheap. I mean, the dude – like I said, I, I think he's – I think he – um it's really like right neck and neck with Tatum in the MVP conversation. So mm-hmm. I ain't MVP candidate for, for especially re- reuniting with the Warriors. And we know how dangerous they was when they had Kevin Durant. So like, yeah, I'm asking for the bank and then some. Like you go, the bank gonna have to go to the Brinks truck again. Yeah. Up on because I'm also, cu- I'm also curious to see what happens with John Collins. Um, yeah, he's been in, bro. It, the, the thing is, he's one of, they, there's always a player like every couple of years that is in the trade rumors for the next two to three years. And like, we've been waiting on John Collins. Essentially we've been waiting on him to get traded because when there's so much buzz around possibilities of who's in on John Collins and this and that, eventually that player does end up getting traded just Mm -hmm. because buzz ain't coming from nowhere. Like this isn't, you and me just this been going on for two seasons. Yeah, too. and this ain't just like you and me tweeting this out. Oh, somebody should go get John Collins or oh, the Hawks should get rid of John Collins. Like, no, these are 
reliable sources always Mm -hmm. commenting and writing stories of the possibilities where he could land, who's interested in him. And so John Collins is the guy who over the past two seasons, he's been in trade rumors. I almost feel like it's tough to play when you know, like you could be gone at any moment or when you still balls out, he still be out here getting 20 and nine. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like like he is a good, like he's a really good player, but like, I still feel like it's just tough to be fully dialed in with the team when mm-hmm. like obviously we see it, but they, they see this stuff, man. Like they interact on Twitter. We see these guys like and comment and retweet. They got family members and friends yeah. who might tell them. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I would like to see him trade it just to get that buzz away from him. And like, I feel like he'd freely be able to play basketball somewhere mm-hmm. at a new landing spot where that landing spot would be. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I know the Miami heat have been interested in him for the past two years. Um, I would like a John Collins. I just don't think he answers what we're lacking. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it'd upgrade us and we'd be better, but it's not the answer to returning to where we was at last year, which was a Jimmy Butler three away from going to the NBA Finals. So, I don't know where I could see him ending up. Um, one thing, I, the, the main thing I want to see uh, before we close out here, the main thing is does Russ get moved? Because if I'm... I don't think he should. I think he's played well enough in his new role as the mm-hmm. sixth man that either his value has gone up and maybe somebody offers you something for Russ that you can't resist, or like you make a minor trade that you're talking about that involved like Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, and a couple picks or whatever, whether it's those future first round picks, the second round, I don't know what they can get for that. But I think you could make a small upgrade, keep Russ, and we've seen like the Lakers aren't, They're not a good team, but they're not that bad. Like, on any given night, Anthony Davis has played, like, an MVP candidate. He's he's played, like, an NPA. I'm going to say he's been an MVP this last month. With the record, you're not going to really have him in the conversation right now. Right. LeBron still gives you flashes where the Lakers look like they need a little bit of help, but they're where they want it to be, which was we got Anthony Davis for him to take the keys from LeBron, be Mm -hmm. the best player on the team, have Mm -hmm. LeBron be second fiddle to Anthony Davis, and then you have another guy who can facilitate when LeBron or AD is not on the court and Russell Westbrook. And it's starting to look like it works. It does. It works. They're better than we thought. Like, yes, they're 12th in the West, but, I mean, they came back down by 20 against Boston, take them into overtime. They beat him, or they beat Milwaukee, you know, a few days ago. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they, they came back and went into overtime with Philly. And so you see it, though, they're not going to win those games at overtime because it's all on LeBron, AD, and Russ's backs. Yeah, they, they're using all that energy to get it to OT. Yeah, to get it back. <laughs> like, especially with coming back. You saw him gassed out against Boston. And you saw him gassed out against um, uh, Philly. When they when they took it into overtime, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, if I could get a Bohan Bogdanovich or if I could get, like, something minor. but Yeah, just, some, wing, uh, some perimeter scoring. Some yeah, because Schroeder is cool. Like, I don't think you should get rid of Schroeder. Like, he's cool. Kendrick Nunn is trash. I'm sorry. Uh, Pat Bev, I ain't never looked at him like anything good, honestly. <laughs> so when he would he did all that popping champagne to go play <laughs> LA, man, you you can have all that. I think you got to get rid of him. I think you got to get rid of none, and it's not gonna get you something crazy in return, but it's gonna get you something. Take, take a, I got take a chance on Cam Reddish. Go get Cam Reddish. They've been linked to them. They were remember they were linked to him last year. I think you could take a chance because here's the thing: I, he's a shooter. He could play some defense. He's not in the Knicks rotation right now. 
He's not going to cost a lot to get. And mm-hmm. it's a minor tool that and you put him around LeBron, he can pick pick LeBron's. There's, there's big boom potential there. It's yeah. a low risk, high reward. And everybody says LeBron holds players back. Um, but a player like Cam Reddish, I think like he could shoot, he'd be able to feed off of LeBron. He could catch a shoot off of LeBron or Russ when Russ is running the offense. He's he's athletic, so they can run and gun. You could have a him, Russ, LeBron, mm-hmm. AD, and, and Austin Reeves on the court. It ain't he's, like Cam Reddish. He's kind, yeah, he's the kind of guy LeBron would love to play with. Remember when those rumors came out about the PG trade, like uh, the PG Kyrie move mm-hmm. uh, um, seasons ago? And um, Cam Reddish is of that Paul George archetype. He yeah. isn't Paul George, but he's definitely of that same archetype, that type of player, that skilled, long, lanky, can defend, athletic. It's just a matter of consistency with him. So with LeBron being older, LeBron wanted to play with PG, what, four or five seasons ago? Mm-hmm. If you can get someone of that kind of talent um, and maybe see what they can do, I'm pretty sure LeBron would love for some other perimeter wing to be able to lighten the scoring load and take and some of the load off of him. Element coach over there and feel handy. Um, and, like, look at, the, look, look at the jump some players have made, like uh, Austin Reeves, you know, like um, Dennis Schroeder is pretty good, but I don't say he made a leap. He's been in the league for a minute, but like Austin Reeves is an adequate piece. And so mm-hmm. if you're Cam Reddish and like you could run and gun. Now I know you ain't running and gun in all game. LeBron's older. I get that. But like a Russ, Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD and Cam Reddish on the floor. Like there's length, there's size and, and they can run. There's athleticism on the court in all aspects. I think that would be like, okay, we can run this for four or five minutes. And, um, like we can run this for four or five minutes to see what it does. And Cam Reddish being the catch and shoot guy, he'll fit right alongside LeBron. If there's one type of player that fits with LeBron, it's Anthony Davis or a catch and shoot guy, a guy who can shoot. And so mm-hmm. the shooting, I think Cam Reddish can add that. And I think playing with a LeBron and an AD and a Russ, I think if you get in the gym with them and they give you that type of confidence, like the sky's the limit. If you're getting confidence and you're getting the you're getting a lot of love from a LeBron James or a Anthony Davis or a Russell Westbrook, like guys who have done a lot in this league and are great, great players mm-hmm. or have been great, great players. I think that boosts your confidence. So yeah, I think Cam Reddish to the Lakers would make a lot of sense. I don't know what it costs. And I know the Knicks fans. think It shouldn't cost much. I know it the Knicks fans much. think they're going to have to give them their two future first round picks <laughs> and Kendrick Nunn, Pat Bev, and they, they don't want Kendrick Nunn and Pat Bev, but them two future first-round picks is what the Lakers are going to have to give for Cam Reddish. And it's like, no, no out of the rotation of a team is going to cost you two future first-round picks. I don't care who it is or what his name is. If he's not in the rotation no more, he does not have that value. And the team will be like, okay, well, we're not going to give you two you can give picks. You can give him two second-round picks and get Cam yeah, Reddish, I think. a player, and it doesn't even have to be a crazy player. It could be a player that – you know, they're going to cut anyway. They're going to buy out and let him go somewhere else because we see that happen all the time. So, bro, I appreciate yeah. you coming on the show, bro. Oh, no um, problem. No problem. Yeah, Got to get my daughter some lunch. Um, hey, I feel it. I feel it. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. My guy, Chris Bowden, we're going to have him more. as long, uh, When he starts getting a little more time, we're going to have him on the show again for sure. It's been too long, so we're going to make sure we don't let that uh, long break before we chop Yeah, we ain't going to let this happen again. Yeah, we ain't no. going to let it happen. It's always good conversation. So on that note, uh, make sure you go follow OffTheBallNetwork.com for all your sports needs and entertainment. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. 